love it. I love that song. That is, you heard it here, and you will only hear it here. That is Johnny's Got a Girlfriend. It is a custom track made especially for Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything health care. Welcome to our midweek podcast. Today we have Bryce McFarland, attorney at law, on our podcast to talk about hospital billing. Great timing, considering what's going on with my son's hospital bill. I love it. I appreciate him being here. One thing I do want to get out of the way first is I want to tell you, you know, obviously we've all been dealing with COVID-19 and I am just going to rant a little bit, um, as you probably have heard me do before. Um, but on this subject, I haven't ranted a lot about it and I've stayed a little bit away from it from social media, but I've been traveling a lot with work because of COVID-19 and it's been a wonderful opportunity because there's been some areas that we've been able to reach out into that we probably wouldn't have before because Washington was shut down. Today, we are streaming from beautiful Bellingham, Washington, and um, we've been spending a lot of time in Idaho building that market, and I'm super, super excited for it. Um, So here is one of the things that I wanted to rant about. So as you know, in Washington State, we have a mandatory mask-wearing policy Friday. And I don't really know the details of it. Honestly, I don't really care. Um, I don't believe, and I'm just going to say it, I don't believe that wearing masks makes us any safer. I don't believe that wearing, that social distancing makes us any safer. Um, That is my opinion. And I also believe that anyone that says that I am self-centered or anybody is self-centered for not wanting to wear a mask. I believe, what if we turn that around and say, I believe it's self-centered for you to tell people to wear a mask so and social distance or stay at home. That to me sounds self-centered, okay? Here is what I'm gonna, sh- gonna call Sean's COVID challenge, okay? I got in a debate with somebody on Facebook yesterday that said that the hospitals are going to be overwhelmed if we open up and, you know, don't wear a mask and don't social distance. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it at all. So here is Sean's COVID challenge. If anybody notices a hospital that is overwhelmed because of COVID patients, not because of staffing, and their primary diagnosis is COVID, not some underlying comorbidity, and a hospital is full because of it, I will personally donate $100 to a charity of your choice. Call in. You can debate me, 530-509-537-0411, or you can message me on my own personal Facebook, streaming live at at, uh, my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube um, page as always. So get a hold of me. We can discuss details because I really have that much confidence that COVID is not going to overwhelm us. So that's Sean's COVID challenge. All right. Now let's get back to our show today. Bryce, thank you so much for for being with us today. We have a lot to talk about. You've got some, some great ways to um, deal with you know, educate consumers about dealing with uh, hospitals being transparent in pricing and, and, and overbilling. So, um, Bryce, tell us a little bit about your history first. Sure. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me on the, the podcast today. Uh, we'll see if we can't get some information out to folks. Uh, so I've got uh, a law firm that I started about eight years ago, uh, primarily based here on Moses Lake. We've also got a Kennewick office uh, down in the Tri-Cities. Uh, I went to law school, graduated from law school in 2005 from Gonzaga and then worked for a number of injury firms uh, in Spokane, Tri-Cities, 
uh, in Moses Lake uh, before starting my own operation. I'm admitted to practice in Washington and Pennsylvania. Um, a little bit about my background. I, I grew up on a farm uh, south of town here. In fact, uh, my parents just moved off the farm. Uh, my brother runs it now. Uh, graduated from high school in Warden. And uh, anyway, just decided that uh, farming, getting dirty, greasy wasn't for me. And the irony uh, that uh, now I'm an attorney is not lost on me. That's awesome. So, um, well, and go Zags, by the way. It's really too bad that they didn't get to play in the tournament this year. That's really a tragedy. Um, so um, tell us a little bit about the, the way I got connected up with you was I did a Facebook post with my son's hospital billing and um, on my sickened page. And if you guys don't know, um, I have a, a, I wrote a book called Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare and How to Fix It. And it's basically, it has the history of how the government actually caused a lot of the pricing issues that we have in healthcare and the service issues. And there's a six-step solution in that book. So go to Amazon, uh, download that book, Kindle version. We're working on an audio version and a paperback version, hopefully to be out later this year. Uh, anyway, on that post, um, you commented on it about... Um, about hospital pricing and about this lawsuit that you have going on. So can you discuss that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, so what we've got going is a lawsuit. It's actually in the Western district of Washington. So it's uh, United States district court, uh, federal court. Uh, most of our court system that folks are familiar with uh, in terms of, uh, you know, that, that they may deal with is, uh, state district court handles, you know, misdemeanors, gross misdemeanors, uh, civil cases that are have $75,000 or less. Some people, you know, family law issues, you know, may end up in superior court. Um, most of the litigation that's done in our area is um, probably as between superior and district court uh, in terms of uh, state superior and, and district court. The federal district court is... Um, it's actually a court of original jurisdiction, one of the first courts that was established by the, um, uh, you know, by the, the founders. And so, and so there are only so many of those uh, that are spread around throughout the country and throughout the state. So our case is in the Western District of Washington. Washington split into two districts, the Eastern District, um, which is primarily based out of Spokane, and then the Western District, which is primarily based out of Seattle. Um, and, so this case uh, arose actually out of a, uh, an issue, a billing issue that happened in Kennewick. Uh, the reason that it's over on the, on the west side is because that's where the company's registered agent was. Uh, anyway, so what, what the lawsuit is about at its very core is it's a consumer protection case. And the reason that it is important is because uh, in, in cases like this, uh, people go to, for example, an emergency room and they are, you know, if you think about the way that people interact with healthcare, uh, this is, it's different from going and shopping for your primary care provider, right? You may ask friends, you may, you may look around, you may say, uh, look at reviews online, you may uh, call, you may even interview some different primary care providers just to engage with a certain degree of, um, you know, dis discern your comfort level. When people go to the emergency room, it's a different story altogether. 
and they're they're vulnerable they're captive nobody's nobody's shopping er you're not going to go to the er and say well this is a this is not a good deal for me i'm going to go to a different er when you go to the er you need emergency care that's the it's the by definition right it's the nature of the room so so the issue becomes that people go to the er and they receive care and then they uh, receive a bill after the fact you don't it's not a menu from which you select uh, your services you get a bill after the fact and the case is about this at its very core um, and then uh, this issue of surprise billing balance billing uh, and and when we talk about surprise billing, balance billing, anybody who's been to the ER knows, and I know we're going to talk about your individual situation here in a bit, but anybody who's been to the ER knows that, uh, or, or any healthcare knows, you can anticipate a bill. And that's not necessarily a surprise. There may be a, a negotiated rate. You may have your uh, insurance. It's got a copay. You may have a deductible. But the issue becomes after these things have, have you believe these things have been covered, in the ER context, you get a bill from a, some other um, entity, all right? It's not the hospital that you went to. Very often it's, it's a physician's group. And in this case, uh, it's an emergency physician's group uh, that has a very local sounding name, but is actually based out of Florida. Uh, so it's, so, you know, you, 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 when you see this, you say, well, well, who are these people? Who am I paying? What is this service for? It's, it's in fact, it's a national entity that, that services 650 uh, places around the country and sees millions of, uh, they tout on their website, millions of patients every year. So, you know, what the, what the lawsuit is about is uh, this issue of ER, consumer protection, you get this bill and this bill you know, as, as I'll point out here in a little bit, is several times what the standard charges are. And so, so our effort on behalf of a particular person out of Kennewick, but then broader uh, or more broadly, um, we're trying to get a class action going on behalf of people nationwide. And uh, so far, uh, so good. We are awaiting uh, word on a motion from the magistrate judge who heard who uh, heard some uh, argument last week, uh, we expect to to get that here in the next two to three weeks. Oh, good. Well, you'll have to keep us up to date on that. I'm super excited about that. So, isn't there some law that was passed earlier in this year about the surprise billing, balance billing that gives this case more credibility, or or is that true? So, um. There is, there is definitely a law. It doesn't necessarily specifically apply to our case. Oh, okay. And the reason that that is, is because uh, our case, the care that was rendered was uh, given before this law was enacted. Uh, this law passed, uh, it, it's called the balance billing law. And uh, the idea is that uh, consumers shouldn't be surprised with a balance uh, after uh, they've received this care, they get this bill, they shouldn't uh, be getting uh, sort of arbitrary uh, capricious charges um, that uh, that they weren't expecting. 
Yeah. So that right. law, Go ahead. That that law was passed. Uh, it was the bill was passed in 2019. Went into effect January 1, 2020. Um, but in terms of our case, our case is is um, developed what you'd consider more common law. So that so in if it violates the statute, that would be uh, obviously a case, a statutory case. You'd have a, a statutory basis for bringing your claim. Our case is different. Our case is based on common law uh, unconscionability of uh, an adhesion contract, so a, a procedural unconscionability, which is the idea is that you have no bargaining power, uh, and then uh, or substantive unconscionability, the idea being that the charges are uh, exorbitant and and so extraordinary compared to what the standard charges ought to be. Well, it seems that's kind of commonplace with hospital billing. And, and speaking of the surprise billing, you know, I can attest to personally, I mean, I wasn't surprised by getting the bill, but, and I wasn't really surprised at the price because um, I knew it'd probably be anywhere from, which is just crazy to think about. I knew it'd be anywhere from 10000 to $40,000. You know, my son was in the hospital for less than 12 hours from the time he admitted to the ER and a little more than 12 hours from the time he was admitted to the ER to the time he was released to go home post-surgery. And I'm going through the details of the bill now. And, you know, the the charges are exorbitant. And it just they just seem unreasonable. Um, and, you know, here I am. I'm somebody that's in the healthcare profession. I've, I've worked at the hospital. I've worked. I've been a commissioner at the hospital. So I know how these things work. I can't imagine, um, you know, your typical consumer that are accessing these services that can figure the system out. Um, and I think that's probably why they do it they keep it complicated because they because it makes it harder for consumers to really to compare pricing they they don't want people to and i think there are individuals inside this in fact i know there are systems that are in, there are individuals that are inside the system they know it's a racket they know it's a scam but they're just doing what they're told so so Tell me in your lawsuit, I mean, are you going to get depositions from people inside, you know, inside hospitals that know more details about these billings? I mean, because if that happens, you just think it's going to open up a can of worms for these hospitals. You're going to think they don't want that to happen. So on some level, that's what we're optimistic for, uh, you know, the, the, the fear of, of discovery and the discovery process is you know on some level what may bring these folks to the table and, and cause them to change their their billing practices uh, i should point out that in addition to the relief that we're seeking on behalf of the class uh, from a financial perspective we are also uh, seeking injunctive relief which requires uh, these outfits to modify their practice you know you mentioned the difficulty of uh, addressing uh, pricing um, it's and, and I, I know we'll talk about this a little bit later, but it was just last year that President Trump actually signed an executive order uh, requiring hospitals to inform patients about actual prices. Uh, and and that that executive order led to uh, CMS, the Center for Medicaid Services, uh, issuing a number of rules that actually resulted in hospitals filing a lawsuit. Uh, in order to attempt to prevent uh, pricing from being published. So the hospitals are suing because they don't want to make their prices public. Is that what you're telling me? 
That's correct. Uh, the, the, that, in that particular lawsuit is also a federal lawsuit. It's uh, been filed in the United States District Court for uh, District of Columbia, Washington, D.C. Uh, and that was specifically uh, filed by the hospital, uh, American Hospital Association and a number of other uh, entities. Uh, they filed a lawsuit against the Director of Health and Human Services, uh, or sorry, Secretary of Health and Human Services, Alex Azar, uh, in an effort to pre uh, prevent this law from going into effect. That actually isn't scheduled to go into effect till uh, 2021, but uh, uh, it's it's interesting that they filed this lawsuit. And when you think about, you know, so you think about our lawsuit and that lawsuit, in the challenge that folks who are trying to get um, a good understanding of what they're spending on healthcare is, you've got on the front end uh, hospitals fighting to pre to prevent disclosure of advanced pricing, and on the back end, you end up with consumers receiving bills that are far and away above what these standard charges are that nobody's telling people. And so when you think about, you know, you tie it in, you can tie these lawsuits together, I think pretty uh, consistently, there's, a, there's definitely a problem for consumers. And, and again, it's this, this hidden uh, world, it, it, you know, there, there's lists, there's, and, and, you know, we'll talk about some of those that are available and are available online to consumers. But there's there's these uh, things that, that consumers just don't have uh, ordinary access to that uh, our government's trying to make more available to uh, to patients. Well, yeah, it, it is. You know, there are big lists, and they can be kind of complicated. We'll go into one that you make it a little bit easier. Um, but you know, one of the one of the goals is that I wrote a book and and also have this radio show slash podcast is so we can educate and empower consumers that they are in charge of their own health care. And that includes that, you know, um, fiduciary responsibility. So, you know, they should be able to, you know, shop prices and make sure that they get the, the, the best service at the best price and not just let a government agency or their insurance company take care of that because that's part of the problem. When we wash our hands of our own responsibility, and most people don't even see these hospital bills. So, so please, people, ask for detailed hospital bills. Look what these charges are. It doesn't matter what your insurance company pays or doesn't pay. Um, make sure that you're getting the services at the appropriate price. Um, and insurance companies negotiate prices all the time. They don't pay the regular real price, the price that they're billed. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. Bryce has a great spreadsheet that uh, can show us how to shop a hospital price. So... Um, so what, what are your, so what is on your lawsuit, you're asking for injunctive relief and, um, then they need to change their practices. So what does that look like? Sure. So, so the idea at its core would be that the actual charges that are going to consumers would be reduced. Uh, you know, when we're talking about if the average or standard charge is, you know, 150 or $200, then a person shouldn't be receiving a bill for 800 or 900 or a thousand dollars. You know, I mean, you just you say that it's one of those things that you could say to a, you know, an elementary school kid. Right. And, you know, it's like, is, is it fair that something that, you know, costs a hundred dollars is, is being charged out at a thousand dollars? You know, the answer to that's, I mean, obviously no. I, it, I, 
you know, Bryce, it's amazing we were even talking about it. It, it. It's the only industry where stuff like that happens, and it's because there's a third party involved, and th- that's part of the problem. And you can read about that more in my book, Sickened, How the Government Ruined Healthcare. Um, but here's – so uh, let's go a little bit into that lawsuit with uh, American Hospital Association, and that's a federal lawsuit in, dist- in Washington, D.C. or something. Can you Can you go put that up and show some of the things, the details of that lawsuit? Sure. So, so give me just one sec. And I'll... Yep. All right. So you should be able to see, in fact, I'm going to blow this up just a little bit. Can you see my, I uh, sure can. Adobe? Yeah, we sure can. Yeah. All right, good. So I'm going to show, I'm going to show folks two things that are important or germane to this lawsuit. The first thing is this, and this is the actual lawsuit that was filed in the United States District Court, uh, District of Columbia. You can see here, this is the complaint. It, at the time that it was filed, it didn't have its uh, c- uh, case number assigned to it. But uh, on some level, this, just so you know too, this case is actually already resolved, okay? So the, uh, and and I'll get into that here in just a little bit. It's resolved to an extent. Um, But you can see here who the people were who filed the lawsuit, American Hospital Association, Association of American Medical Colleges, Federation of American Hospitals, National Association of Children's Hospitals, Memorial Community Hospital and Health System. You know, I I don't necessarily need to read all these, but, but, uh, and they brought this uh, case against, uh, obviously the Secretary of Health and Human Services. And, and so in what this lawsuit describes is that uh, this executive order that generated this, uh, this series of rules from CMS requiring disclosure of these various prices uh, was something that the hospitals are, have been and, and are fighting very hard to uh, pre- prevent disclosure. When I say this case is on some level resolved, the reason is is because you can see here, and, and the reason I'm pointing this out, and I'll, I'll provide it so you, uh, your listeners, your viewers can uh, can get access to this. Anybody who wants uh, this information, it's this is within the public domain. I'll send it to whomever. But this is a memorandum opinion from Judge Nichols in the in district court. This is uh, uh, rendering summary judgment in favor of. Uh, defendants and defendants in this case being uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services Alex Azar. Uh, so the the significance of that is that as of today, this is on track to uh, to continue into law. Uh, it's January of two thousand. Give me just one sec. I'll tell you exactly. I think it's so. Yeah, final rule is scheduled. Can you see that final yep. rule is scheduled to go into effect January one. Uh, 2021. The I, I did have an opportunity to look into this a little bit more as far as what the plaintiff's plan is. Plaintiff's plan is clearly to appeal this uh, ruling, uh, and it may be something that we ultimately see at the uh, Supreme Court, uh, United States Supreme Court. Uh, but but as things stand right now, you can see, and, and I just want to point some of this this out because these issues that we're talking about. Sean, that you're talking about is uh, it's something that touches 
on uh, certainly so many people, you know, and, and I'll go through some numbers from our lawsuit here in just a sec, but you can see here, I mean, this is an observation by the district court uh, judge. The impenetrability of hospital bills is legendary. You know, hopefully people can see that. It's an arcane art, mystifying. Uh, and hospital billing has been the target of regulations at the state and federal level for years. Wow. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's interesting. Here, I'll read you some citations from, from our lawsuit, you know, just to give people an idea. I mean, people can imagine it, but I think sometimes the numbers are stark. You figure we got 330 million people in our country you know, give or take a few. So, so bear with me, 56 million Americans under age 65 have trouble paying medical bills. 35 million American adults between the ages of 19 and 64 are contacted by collection agencies for unpaid medical bills. 17 million uh, American adults receive a lower credit rating on account of high medical bills. 15 million American adults use all their savings to pay for medical bills. 11 million will take on credit card debt to pay off hospital bills. 10 million uh, are unable to pay for basic necessities like rent, food, heat due to their medical bills. 16 million children live in uh, houses, households that struggle with medical bills. And despite having uh, insurance coverage at this point, 10 million insured Americans are faced with medical bills that they're unable to pay. This, this is also significant. Three in five bankruptcies annually, so that's 643,000 bankruptcies, are due to medical bills. Wow. That's I mean, astonishing. The, the numbers are staggering. So, you know, when you think about the amount of people that are impacted by for example, uh, the rulemaking efforts uh, at CMS or potentially impacted by the efforts of the hospitals through, by way of this lawsuit and potentially impacted, uh, you know, hopefully positively, uh, you know, time will obviously tell, but uh, impacted by uh, our lawsuit in the Western District, uh, you know, there, there's a, a significant number of people uh, who may, who stand to benefit benefit or be burden, you know, depending on uh, the outcomes. Yeah. So you had a few other things highlighted in this, in this uh, uh, District of Columbia lawsuit. Can you go over those? Sure. Um, some of these are, are just my, my own notes, but you can see here. Uh, so there's a, a document uh, the hospitals keep, you know, it's called the charge master. Mm -hmm. uh, in, and you can see here, that the observation from the uh, district court is that charge master rates are highly inflated and often bear little resemblance to the actual payment tendered to a hospital by a patient or third party provider. Uh, Let it, me talk about that just a little bit, my personal sure. experience. So first of all, you can look, um, look at, you can uh, find it up on YouTube and we can even share it on this episode later. It's called Adam Ruins Healthcare. And it's about hospital pricing. And he talks about the magic charge master. And I will tell you that hospitals hide behind that. They hide, they hid behind it when, uh, with my son's case, they said, uh, oh, well, yes, this is very transparent. We do post our prices. You can get a, you can get a link to our charge master online. So I go online, had a difficult time. The link was broke. I finally figured out with some help to, to how to get into the link. 
Um, and the charge master, the magic charge master, was 688 pages. So here's what they don't tell you about that charge master. I don't really... The charge master does nothing when you ask a when you ask a hospital. Well, I need a total knee replacement. What's it going to cost? You 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 can't look into the charge master and see what a total knee replacement will cost because there's details on after you get the bill. There's so many details that are on that charge master, but it's pages long. And if you look at my um, Facebook page, you can see the detailed parts, of the detailed hospital bill where you know my son got charged nineteen dollars for one um, one pain medication. Um, tablet that you know costs the hospital pennies. So that magic charge master, it might sound like a, you know a way that hospitals are transparent and posting their charge master, but it's still so confusing um, that nobody knows what is going to be charged from that charge master after a certain surgery or procedure. So really, what hospitals should do when I mean when I talk about transparency and pricing is, hey, you have a colonoscopy you have a, a, a total knee replacement, then you should list that price and that should be all inclusive. Oh, you say, well, hospitals say, well, that's too complicated. You know, there's a lot of comp, there's a lot of things here we just don't, don't know about. And that's not true. They do those procedures all the time. They should know what they're going to cost. You know what? Um, Surgery Center of Oklahoma, they post their prices online and when, when they say what a total knee replacement is going to be, that's what it's going to be. There's no surprise charges. There's no, there's no surprise billing six months later. Um, you know, it's, uh, it is what it is. It's all inclusive. So hospitals can do that. It is happening. It can happen. So, um, yeah, what, what's some more of these uh, things you highlighted, Bryce? Sure. So, so speaking specifically to that, uh, you can see here. And, you know, the, the nice thing about an opinion like this uh, coming from the district court uh, for D.C., is that you know it's it's highly researched. Um, there's many citations that you know folks can, you know, if people want to go dig for this stuff, uh, you know, hopefully we can make it a little bit easier for them to find. But they can actually they can access and then they they can learn they can educate themselves on some level. But if you look here, you know, I highlighted this: hospitals may inflate the costs and the charge master more than fourfold, and that some services can have charge to cost ratios of almost thirty. Right. So 30 times more than uh, the actual cost. You see here that citation goes to this footnote. The average charge master price for an appendectomy was 18,000 over $18,000. Uh, indigent uninsured paid 1,800. Medicare uh, recipients paid 4,800. Uh, insured person paid managed care uh, $6,100. And then payments. Uh, by a non-indigent uninsured so a person who's who's got an ability to pay the hospitals actually uh having pay even more uh, than all those folks so you know the the variability in terms of pricing <laughs> wow. uh, is, is pretty insane and well, keep in mind so you pay this you know you pay this and then you get socked with the bill you know for the the uh, outstanding balance i mean that's that's devastating so this lawsuit is all public record. This is an opinion of the court. So yeah, highly researched. Here's here's my takeaway from this. And this is not a legal opinion. This is my takeaway from this is that nobody should ever pay full price at a hospital. 
when they get that bill, they should negotiate it and they should they should argue these points all the time. They should ask for discounts. They should say, you know, all the all these questions because nobody it looks like nobody really pays the full price. I mean, I wouldn't say nobody because there are certain people that do, unfortunately, but most people don't pay the full price. So it's 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 unbelievable to me. I mean, it's like no other industry. Unreal. I think. Yeah, I think the the significance of it is is that you know this it's it's almost like a car, right? The sticker price is not exactly the sticker price, <laughs> right? And right. That's something that you know I think folks will benefit from. Let me show you because I know I'm still showing my screen. This is actually a website that folks can go to. Office of the Insurance Commissioner, what consumers need to know about surprise or balance billing. And and that's something that, that you know people can go to and find out what their rights, what their options are. I mean, obviously they can, you know, they can call uh, an attorney, they can uh, you know do their research, they can negotiate with the hospital themselves. But you can see here the new balance billing protection act. So this is the one that went into this is a Washington state law. All right. So it's important to, to uh, be clear that the uh, CMS rulemaking process, that's federal. And then the Balanced Billing Protection Act is a state law. Okay. So the Balanced Billing Protection Act applying only in Washington state, whereas the CMS uh, rulemaking procedure would apply nationwide. But you can see here, a new Balanced Billing Protection Act prevents people from getting a surprise medical bill when they receive emergency care from any hospital or if they have a scheduled procedure at an in-network facility and receive care from an out-of-network provider. If an insurer and provider cannot agree on a price for the covered services, they go to arbitration and cannot bill the consumer for the amount in dispute. Okay, so there's some, there's uh, certainly some protections for uh, people. Yeah, so we're going to um, provide um so let's make sure I'm talking to my producer slash video editor now. He let's make sure that we put a link to this in our show notes, podcast notes, uh, YouTube notes, so um, our listeners and viewers can um, get to it easy. Also, that lawsuit that you've got uh, highlighted, everything highlighted, the one in uh, DC. Is that is there a link to that, or how can we post that? What's the best way we can get that on our on these podcast notes YouTube um, site? Is there a link for that? Um, sure. So, so this this was pulled directly off the internet. There is a, there was an article. Uh, you can see it here. Judge rules against hospitals in price transparency lawsuit. And within that, there's a link. But also in the direct uh, PDF. So it's not very perfect. But perfect. They, they All right. Can see this is the actual memorandum opinion again. Uh, certainly within the public domain. Yeah. Let's make sure, video editor, that uh, which is uh, my son Jordan, who did break his leg, but he's still working hard as ever. Uh, make sure you put that in the show notes and the link in there, Jordan. Thank you. Okay, so that wonderful charge master with um, ER visits. You, We were talking pre-show. Um, we were talking about how this surprise billing happens a lot with ERs, because partly, probably because, you know, maybe, maybe not, but hospitals take advantage of an ER situation because they can... Um, it's not price shoppable. So tell us about, there's a, there's a tool that you have to make sure charges are reasonable in Excel spreadsheet. Can you show us a little bit about that? Sure. So, so I'll bring up the spreadsheet right now and I'll show you 
interesting thing about this primarily is this is not this is not something that we compiled. This is something again, like so many of these tools, it's within the public domain. But when we say that, even though it's accessible, I mean, on some level, this is what I do for a living. You know, you're within the healthcare industry. Right. You know, but but bringing all of these resources to bear in one uh, concise location, uh, it's just that that part of the puzzle is not available. So this spreadsheet actually comes from this the website that we reviewed earlier uh, from the office of the insurance commissioner. Okay, and this was this is downloaded from there. Uh, you can see here it's uh, uh, let's see Washington Office of Financial Management, but it came from the other website. But the significance of this is that you can get a sense for uh, what the uh, average charges are for different uh, CPT codes. All right, and and CPT codes are are billing. Uh, codes that the hospital uses to get paid. Um, in our case, I, I, I want to be clear too, it's not specifically the hospital, it's an agency that's that's uh, coordinated with the hospital, uh, contracted with the hospital to provide care. Um, so it, the point is, is that it could come from a variety of sources. But as you're looking at this, you can see these CPT codes. Now, the ones that we, we have been investigating uh, around the state are 99281 through 285. Okay, and I've got those highlighted. Hopefully, you can see these clearly right here. And you can get a sense by looking at this in network. So you see here, so 99281 would be a, a relatively low severity uh, emergency department visit. 99285 is the highest. Okay, and then you can see here in network, out of network, you can see the number of claims annually, the median charges, and then the median allowed charges. And so just to put this, you know, a little bit of perspective, imagine you get a $900 bill, but the allowed charge is only 326, right? And so, wow. so this is, uh, you know, it's a, it, it shows that the charge is very often quite a bit higher than the allowed amount that a person, or rather the hospital is getting paid. Well, so my son's charge for the ER was $1,806, I believe. There's also another charge on there that I'm questioning. I think it's a facility fee, I'm not sure, but it's just another $500 charge for ER services. I, I don't know why there's two different charges. Oh, I know why, because you know they can increase their charges and maximize their billing. I know that's why, but that doesn't necessarily mean that insurance companies pay that or anybody pays that that's why it's important to look at your bill and get a detailed bill but so i think there's one on there that's about fourteen hundred dollars or something and uh, nine eight five and, and two eight five yeah i'll show you that here in a sec so so what you're likely referencing is a combination of cpt codes would be and that's just my suspicion obviously i haven't seen it but if we so this is statewide this is the averages for statewide. But if you go, you can go regionally too. And you can see here, now I don't have 992818283884 highlighted. This is 85 and it's broken down by region. You can see here, Southeast, South Central, West, Northwest, Northeast, South, et cetera. 
And then you have the difference between the out of network and in network charges. And, you know, if you take just, this is probably one of the more egregious examples. You look at Northeast, okay. That's not where we're at, but uh, out of network and in network, $1,471 with the allowed charge being 284 and 285. Seven, a seven fold difference. I mean, you know, it, it, I don't know what to call, I don't know what the legal term would be, uh, robbery, extortion, but for the people that actually, the, the hospitals billed that $1,471 and the, and the people paid it, that is almost extortion in my opinion. I mean, it's just, it, 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 I, it's unbelievable to me and, it, and it, 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 it fires me up and this is why I'm so passionate about this subject. I want to make sure that consumers are educated and empowered, that they have some control over this. So, so one of the most important things, consumers, is when you get that hospital bill, get a detailed bill and make sure they give you the CPT codes. As you can imagine now that we're exposing some of this stuff and we're making it easier to find out pricing of CPT codes, do you think hospitals want to give that to you to start with? No. That's why my son's wasn't on there yet. And that's why it's been almost six weeks and I've been um, asking for those and I don't have them yet. I am going to get them and I am going to go public with this information and show what the what the average uh, average charge is, what my char my son's charge was, and what the average allowable is. So um, my opinion is people should not pay more than that average allowable. It is not fair that some government entity or insurance company negotiated a price and they pay less than, than your quote-unquote uninsured consumer. So well, I, 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 I thank you for showing us this, Bryce. This is a great tool. Go ahead. What I was going to say is that's that's on so many levels that's a hallmark. You know, you you term it extortion. Um, it, it's a hallmark of our lawsuit, the lawsuit that we've got filed over in the in the Western District. And what we're referring to the legal term on some level. Extortion certainly is a, a legal term; it's a crime. But what we're talking about in terms of the implied contract, the contract that's that's rendered as a result of the service, they say, well, we provide you service, so you owe us money. What we're referring to is what we call procedural and substantive unconscionability. Okay, it's unconscionable what they're doing, and that's that's the core of the lawsuit. So, from a procedural standpoint, what we're talking about is the way that this contract is entered into. You got captive, vulnerable people who are going to the emergency department. They have no bargaining power, right? So, this is this is procedural. The process of entering into this implied contract is unconscionable. And then when we're looking at these charges, the disparity in the charges, as you mentioned, sevenfold, you know, and some of these, they, they range, you know, from about threefold to, to sevenfold. Um, that's substantive unconscionability. It's, it's, you know, you say this is what the price ought to be and the price is many times over and above that. Well, that's, that's unconscionable. That's unreasonable. And so that's exactly what we are, uh, we're working to correct. Yeah, it, it definitely. I, I, you know, you said earlier in the podcast about I don't know if you said elementary school person or kindergartner can can just see some of these things and just think that it's it it seems to be unreasonable. I mean, I mean, it it, it truly does. It's just it's just it, it it's it's obvious. Um, so uh, yeah, no, I appreciate you being on today and and exposing some of this stuff and educating us. That's what this radio show and podcast is all about. So. Do you have anything else to um, to uh, that you would like to go over today to educate our our um, viewers and, and listeners? 
specifically no i what i would say is i will make all this uh this data and these documents available to you and, and your listeners if folks want to uh find out a little bit more about us and and reach out to me to see what uh you know what some of their options are uh they're certainly welcome to to visit our website it's it's pretty simple it's just www.mcpartlandlaw.com uh we're a google search away if if nothing else Awesome. Awesome. So what is your, I know it's really hard to predict these things. What's your timeline with your lawsuit? Well, we'll have a, we'll have a good sense here in another two, three weeks, what the judge is going to allow, if anything. One thing to keep in mind is that even if this, this particular lawsuit, um, you know, doesn't work out, it applies at the moment only to one person's claim. It doesn't mean that this stuff isn't happening. So if people do get uh, these surprise bills, these balance bills, is specifically referencing these CPT codes. Again, 99281 through 99285. Those are something that they can send to us and uh, we can evaluate uh, you know, the viability of a claim uh, for those uh, at no charge to, to whoever's asking. Awesome. So I think that's a great comment too, is that just because you might lose this first round doesn't mean you're gonna lose the war. Obviously, when we look at the documents that you shared today with that lawsuit in Washington, D.C., this is not a new issue. This is a big issue all over the country, and it is up to us as consumers. It is up to to people like you and I, Bryce, to educate people on these things so so they can fight them. Um, And, you know, you mentioned it earlier. You know, I, I got to tell you, um, I thank you for going through that document. You've sent me that Excel spreadsheet before, and I, I didn't. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't work with it every day like you do. So even though I'm in healthcare, I don't navigate it like you do and, na- and know how to navigate some of these legal things. So that's why it's important for us to, to um, let consumers know about these tools. Um, and, you know, you mentioned it too. It's like, uh, you know, you do this every day. So to you, this is just common this is just common practice. It's it's kind of like what my wife and I, one of the reasons we decided to um, have a radio show is because we took all these things for granted. It's like, well, we deal with this every day. So, you know, it was no big deal to us. But when we talked to consumers, they just didn't know these things. So I'm so glad that we have this forum to educate and empower consumers. And, and I appreciate you having, having this, having, uh, being on as a guest today, Bryce. And that wraps up our midweek podcast. Um, with Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. Do not miss out Monday. Um, I don't like to be uh, picky or or discriminatory about um, what guests are going to be the best, but I will tell you this one is going to be a heartbreaker. Actually, it's it's a loving story because it's a, it's how somebody's life was turned around by changing their diet. We talk all the time about diet and how it changes people's Obviously, diseases like diabetes and hypertension and high cholesterol and things like that and, and their weight. We, we talk that all the time. This girl, her life was changed with the ketogenic diet was because with seizures. She was having 25 grand mal seizures a day. She changed her diet, and within 48 hours, she was seizure-free. All the neurologists, all the... All the uh, uh, meds couldn't help her. The ketogenic diet did. That's a very, very important thing. You guys do not want to miss that Monday streaming live uh, on my personal Facebook page and the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacies YouTube. And we will be live in the AM 1470 KBSN studios out of Moses Lake streaming on the airwaves too. So you do not want to miss it. 1 to 2 p.m. Um, check us out and we will talk to you all later. Thank you. Thank you.